and welcome to On The Ledge, episode 132, coming at you from lockdown at Perone Towers. In this week's show, I'm talking to the authors of a fantastic new book called Plant Tribe. We'll be finding out about botanical thrones, rowing about coleus, and finding out how coronavirus is affecting our plant habits. Plus, I answer a question about how to tend your plants without overwatering them. And we meet listener Maria. Thanks for all the lovely feedback on the midweek bonus episode and my post detailing what else I'm going to do through the coronavirus epidemic to help you guys out with extra plantiness. Please do go on the Facebook group and sign up for the Houseplant Buddies scheme. This is an idea where you can match yourself up with another listener with similar plant interests or in a similar geographical location and start exchanging Facebook DMs, Twitter DMs, whatever works for you in order to support each other a bit more. There's a post on the Houseplant Fans of On The Ledge Facebook page where you can introduce yourself and search for a match. If you're not on Facebook, just drop me a line on theledgepodcast.gmail.com and I can help you get matched up with somebody. Hopefully in this way we can support each other a little bit more. And thank you to those of you who are continuing to support me via Patreon. It's really great to know at a time when advertising probably isn't going to be that great that I've got your payments coming through to pay for things like transcriptions, hosting, my assistant Kelly and so on. And joining the clan this week are Corinne and Leah who have both become legends. Thank you very much. If you want to find out how to become a patron, visit my show notes at janeperone.com and you could be unlocking loads of extra episodes of An Extra Leaf, my Patreon podcast, to listen to at your leisure. If you want to support the show with a one-off donation, you can do that via co-fi.com. I've also putting out my PayPal link now as well if you just want to pay via PayPal. Anything from 50 cents to whatever you can afford would be greatly welcomed. And there's loads of other ways to support the show just by tweeting about it, telling everyone how much On The Ledge means to you on social media or just in person and helping other people connect to this source of help, information, advice, chat, plantiness at this time. As you may have guessed, the RHS Chelsea Flower Show has been cancelled now, so that won't be happening. There are nascent plans for a some kind of virtual show no idea what that will involve yet but I'd love to be involved with that so we'll see how that comes about but in the meantime RHS Chelsea is not happening so I'm booked in for 2021 though so you've got another weight on your hands if you want to hear me talking about plants at Chelsea but we'll get there this too shall pass as my mother would say so Chelsea's been cancelled what else is there to talk about oh well just to remind you that there's going to be a Q&A special coming up over the Easter weekend and I'm going to get my kids to read out the questions if I can persuade them <laughs> as part of their homeschooling so that should be fun so if you've got a question drop it to me now best thing to do is send a nice picture loads of information and all that jazz to on the ledge podcast at gmail.com and i will do my best to answer it if i don't answer it in the special i'll try to drop you a line or answer it in an upcoming episode and of course the on the ledge sew along is the perfect isolation gardening activity so if you're listening to this podcast and you and haven't listened to the On The Ledge So Along episodes, go back. Uh, you can find them all on the janeperone.com website. I will put a link to that in the show notes and you can basically find all the episodes on one page and dip in and out as you wish to catch up with what's been going on. What has been going on? Well, we've had some new posts this week. Ash posted on the Houseplant Fans of On The Ledge Facebook group about her incredible Pelagonium capitatum seedlings. Something strange happened when these were added to the potting mix, which was obviously rather damp. They started to spiral and coil. These seeds are kind of long with a, a sort of long feathery tail on them. And for some reason, being in contact with moisture has caused them to coil up. I don't know what that's about. I'd love a botanist to explain why, but do go and check that out on Houseplant Fans of On The Ledge. 
and Alex has been posting pictures of So Along 2020 bodies, sewing some really interesting things, including Tlanoxal, I can't even say that, Lysianthes monzinina, which is an Aztec cultivated plant that's become scarce lately. That sounds fascinating. And also the Wonderberry, Solanum retroflexum. And the Blackberry Jam plant, Rosenbergiodendron formosum. Lots of great plants there from Alex and you can check out the full post in Houseplant Fans of On The Ledge where we've also heard from new member Sadie who has posted pictures of her colia seedlings. Well done Sadie, one of my faves as anyone who listens to the show regularly will know. Welcome to the On The Ledge family and thanks for sharing your colia seedlings. Make sure they get lots of light. They look a little bit like they are stretching for light at the minute. So get them to a sunny window sill forthwith if you can, Sadie. And if you'd like to post on On The Ledge Sew Along, then what you need to do is on Houseplant Fans of On The Ledge, make sure you add the OTL Sew Along topic. If you don't, I'll try and come along and add it for you, but it just helps everyone find the posts. And on Twitter and Instagram, just add the hashtag OTL Sew Along. If you're not on any social media, you can just drop me an email with details of what you're doing to ontheledgepodcast at gmail.com. I'm planning to do a soundscape of my Sew Along activities in the next few days for the midweek bonus episode so that should be fun you get to hear me talking to Wolfie again a lovely new houseplant book popped through my letterbox a couple of weeks ago it's called plant tribe subtitle living happily ever after with plants it's got a lovely swiss cheese plant monstra deliciosa on the cover and i was very excited to get to talk to the authors of this book Igor Josefovich and Judith de Graaf. These are legendary people in the houseplant world because they're the founders of the community Urban Jungle Bloggers who've been on the scene for a number of years now as a collective writing about and loving houseplants. So I knew this was going to be a fun interview and indeed it was. We cover everything from plant thrones to how the coronavirus pandemic is affecting our houseplant habits. Over to Igor and Judith to introduce themselves. Okay, so hello, my name is Judith. I live um, near Paris in France. Um, I'm a designer. I grew up in Holland and I've been living in France for um, over two decades. And I'm one of the co-founders of Urban Jungle Bloggers. And we wrote two books, Urban Jungle, and now our new book coming up, Plant Tribe. And hello, this is Igor. Uh, I live in Munich in Germany. Um, I'm a social media expert and um, co-founder of the Urban Jungle Bloggers community together with Judith. And as she mentioned, we published two books so far and the latest is Plant Tribe, which is coming out March 17th. And I've got this lovely tome in front of me here. I'm really fascinated to know how the Urban Jungle community and the online presence all began because really you were in at the ground floor of, of house plants really coming back into the fore in the last few years tell me about where this where this all started it started quite a few years ago indeed uh, in 2013 uh, Igor and I knew each other from from a few years before um, we met in Paris through mutual blogger friends and um, we casually chatted about things that we like blogging about on our own blogs and um, basically our passion. So we both really like to travel and um, love interior design as well. And so we spoke also about things that we had at home and we realized we both had quite a few houseplants at home that we really loved. So we started to chat about plants. And um, very early we realized we had to do something with this passion or this interest in houseplants. And uh, we decided to start um, a blog series on our own blogs just to present our plants that we had at home and how we took care of them, how we styled them, what kind of spots we used. And that's what we did. So the first month in September 2013, um, we both created a blog post on our own blogs to present our plants. And we called this series Urban Jungle Bloggers because we were bloggers and presented our urban jungle. And um, immediately this took off. Other bloggers were like, oh, this is so cool. I also want to show my plants on my blog. Our audiences were very enthusiastic as well. And um, so that's why when we decided to open it up to other bloggers as well. So the second month we had a new topic, still with houseplants. 
And um, other bloggers created blog posts as well. We collected this, these blog posts, shared them on social media, on Pinterest, on Facebook, created a website where we gathered all these blog posts and that's when it started. So That's fantastic. And you obviously spotted something that was burgeoning at the time, this growing interest in houseplants. And, and two books later, it's obviously not a trend that's not going away. Exactly. <laughs> the lovely thing about this new book of yours is it is full of really useful information, but it's also full of stories of people who really love and cherish their plants all around the world. How did you actually track down these people? Are they part of your or were they already part of your community? And, and tell me about some of the things that you learned from them through the, researching this book. We did the same what we did for the first book, and that is crowdsourcing our community, the global plant tribe that was out there, which obviously was also the idea for the name. Because all these people, these plant-loving people were out there and um, we knew a little bit of them because we uh, share also their homes on Instagram. We see what they share and um, we felt um, that these were the right people to um, feature in our new book as well because we wanted to tell personal stories. The the new book, Plant Tribe, is something that that is, let's say, a bit more emotional because we wanted to explore a different level of uh, relations we can have with plants. In our first book urban jungle we were very much uh, focused on the plant itself and what can we do for the plant how can we help the plant thrive how can we decorate our home with plants in the second book in plant tribe we wanted actually to see what the plants do for us how can they actually help us live a better life live healthier get more creative have more happiness and positive energy in our homes and stuff like that so basically uh, the idea was really to tell personal stories for which we needed people, of course. And we, we shortlisted quite a few people from our community that we liked. And uh, all of them agreed to be part of the book. There was not a single person saying, no, I'm not interested. Everyone was really game and interested and happy to be part of this uh, new project. And in our book, we present 17 um, people in their homes and we talk to them about their emotional relationship to plants. So basically, um, this book is something that differs from other plant books on the market because um, for the first time, we're not looking from our side to the plants, but from the other side around. What is the plant actually doing for us, for our soul, for our heart, for our mind? And um, this is part of the book. Well, it's really, really lovely the way you've got people from all around the world featured in here telling their stories. And just I love just nosing around other people's plant collections. So for me, it's just a delight to flick through these pages and see somebody in Brazil or uh, in the US somewhere where they're just doing things slightly differently to how I'm doing them, growing different plants with a different perspective. That's really, really fun. Um, and one of the plants that is inevitably featured in any houseplant book is it and is indeed on the cover of your book is the wonderful swiss cheese plant Montrose deliciosa i'm really glad you've got this lovely picture of it on the front of your book was it hard to choose that image and why did you decide to go with with that particular one obviously the ongoing fascination with aroids is is still with us it is still with us indeed um i think well, people often talk about trendy plants that are very on trend that people love today and are gone tomorrow. And uh, it's the same with the, with the urban jungle trend. People keep telling us, oh, but it's a trend. It'll be, next year it will be something else. Well, we, we, we started more than six, over six years ago and, um, plants were hot and happening at the time. And for us, they were already hot and happening. I mean, forever. We both lived with plants our entire lives. And we will do in 10 years from now. So for us, it's not planned. It's more, not a trend. It's more, it's totally a lifestyle. I mean, we live with plants. And I think the same counts for, um, for the Monstera deliciosa. I mean, it's a great plant. It was very trendy in the 1970s and maybe a little bit in the 80s. And it still is. I mean, six years ago, it was a, it, everyone wanted a Monstera and people still do. It's, it's such a graphic, beautiful plant and um nowadays people are going crazy over the variegated uh version of course i mean it's it's a beautiful plant when it's when there's some nice spots and um nice color patterns on the leaves um why we chose this picture 
I think everyone recognizes the Monstera as well. Um, and what we tried to do also with the book, um, we really wanted to make it stand out, to make the cover stand out. Uh, lots of plant books these days have are very green, obviously, with a lot of plants, a lot of greens and whites on the cover. And um, we wanted to create a book that looks good and feels good as well. So it's not only a beautiful picture of a monster on the cover, but it's a terracotta um, cover. And if you touch it, you feel that it almost feels like a terracotta pot. It's a bit rough on the edges and um, a bit gritty. And the monstera goes goes well. I mean, everyone has a potted plant at home in the terracotta pot. So yeah, I love the way you've done that with the cover. It's so clever. It really does feel like a terracotta pot. And it it brought to mind uh, looking through the plant tribe members that you feature. Uh, the one you feature who's in um, Sao Paulo in Brazil with the wonderful terracotta walls. And I just thought, gosh, living here in Britain, I'm not sure many people would have their walls that colour. But it looks amazing. It's just from a plant styling point of view it gives a whole different perspective and a whole different backdrop so hopefully this book will inspire inspire us to sort of be a bit more adventurous with our colors because I don't know about you but I'm kind of feeling slightly over the kind of clinical white walls look I, I've I, I've done that myself in the past and I'm kind of I've, I've gone bold with colors now and decided that <laughs> colourful walls are better but I guess it's it's all dependent on where you live and, and whether you're actually allowed to change the colour of your walls because of course many people in your community as many of my listeners are are living in rented accommodation they might not be able to switch those things up so easily but yeah props for the cover I love it and this is quite a substantial book was it did it take a long time to put together and 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 research because it's it's not a slim it's not a slim leaflet. It's quite a, a weighty thing, and you cover a lot of ground here, including lots of practical advice, styling advice, and those profiles. Well, it took us uh, slightly more than a year to work on this book, if we take the entire process into consideration. So. Um, uh, it does take some time, but uh, I think we were lucky enough to have had the experience of the first book. So we understood the process of writing a book um, and um, what goes into um, such a project. So we were, let's say, well prepared. And the big advantage for us, I think, is that we're a really well-functioning team, um, even though we're not living in the same spot as we mentioned before judith lives close to paris i live in munich we still manage to work uh, very fluently and um, and uh, fluidly basically together because um, we we do not like uh, share the work in the sense that uh, one specific topic is judith's part and one is mine it's more that we try to actually uh, find our personal interests and then it's really easy to kind of like do a research uh, and put your thoughts and ideas and knowledge into words and write a chapter so basically we tried of course to dedicate certain topics to each of us that speak to us so for example when we wrote about um, plants and pets because this is a recurring question from the community how can i live at home with pets and having plants because the plants might be toxic or my pets tip them over or eat nibble whatever it was obvious that judith will do this part because judith has pets she has three cats she, she has the experience of it i don't have a pet so this was more her topic let's say and i had other topics that that were more relevant or more interesting for me so i did my part there so uh, i think this uh, combination of having the experience of um, of a previous book and also being in a good team that functions and works together um, is the essence that gave us the, the the chance basically to finish a book within a year which is in a usually in a book making process it's not even that long some books take even longer in the production indeed and yes it can it can be a, a lengthy job and you've done a fantastic job at it and in fact I, I must salute you the information judith the information on the pets was very very good i like the <laughs> reference to the domino effect where you know a dog's tail or a cat's paw takes down one pot and then you get this kind of domino effect of, <laughs> of other pots going down i have been there not so much necessarily with pets as with children 
or indeed husbands. But um, <laughs> that was really useful to think about that kind of thing, as well as the, the very important aspects of toxic leaves and so on, which obviously not everyone realises quite how many houseplants are actually not very good for pets at all. Cats don't always, uh, and dogs don't always eat plants, but if you've got an eater, then that's something that you've really got to, got to bear in mind. Absolutely, yeah. One of the other aspects of the book is you talk about establishing plant rituals, ways of celebrating and nurturing your plants that become part of the fabric of your life. Can you each tell me something a bit about your own favourite plant rituals? Mm, good question. Um, I think, um, well, I work from home, like a lot of people at the moment with the virus going on, but I work from home on a daily basis. And um, sometimes I get really stressed and have calls and emails coming in. And my favorite way to have a little break in my day is to take care of my plants. It depends what needs to be done. I mean, it, it's different in the winter time than in summertime whenever plant is thriving. Um, but I like to take care of my plants, repot them or just see if there's some leaf that needs to be pruned or um, make some cuttings, make some new, um, make, uh, take care of my propagation station. And it's really a nice time out in my day. Um, when I take care of my plants, I'm only taking care of my plants. I don't think about my clients that call me or about a stressful event. It's just I'm there in the moment. I take care of my plants. I get my hands dirty and... Um, of course, it's very it's it's I like when it's a little bit messy. Um, for me, it's it's a it's a nice ritual, a, a moment out of my day um, when I need it. And another thing that I really like with my plants is finding the right plant pot combinations. Um, looking for finding the right pot, nice ceramic pot, um, handmade or thrifted or even designing completely new. And find the right combination with the leaves of a plant, the shape it has, and and make it make it a really nice uh, combination. I mean, if you put um, for example, the monstera that is on that is on the cover of our plant tribe book, if you place it in a basic terracotta pot, it looks completely different than from when you use a huge designy pot in a nice color or on a in a plant stand. Um, for example, it it completely changes the look of a plant. And um, that's also something that I like. It's a little ritual to look for pots or even different containers for my plants. And I could do it all the time when I'm shopping outside, when I'm in thrifting, or um, it's something that I always have in the back of my back of my head. <laughs> yeah, completely. I'm, I'm like that yes. when I'm when I'm in when I'm in a charity shop or thrift store. I'm yes. always looking out for anything that can make a pot because uh, yes. it gets expensive <laughs> when you've got a lot of plants, doesn't it? If you can get something uh, that probably wasn't designed to be a plant pot but turn it into one, then it's fantastic. And what about you, Eagle? Any plant rituals that uh, we haven't already mentioned? Well, mine is very similar to Judith's. Maybe mine is a little bit more... Um uh dynamic in that sense that i like to uh, play my favorite music while i take care of my plants and put on a cup of coffee and take this time as a me time basically so it's the same a little bit like judith unwinding while taking care of your plants so for us taking care of or taking care of our plants is not a chore it's more like this me time so basically whenever I have the opportunity, usually it's like uh, once a week because um, I live in an apartment and have around 80 plants and uh, that's doable like once a week because I do not have plants that need like a lot of attention uh, more than once a week. So basically I get this hour once a week where I really take time for myself and my plants and uh, this is my kind of plant ritual that I always uh, cherish actually in my home. We'll be hearing more from Igor and Judith shortly, but now it's time for Meet the Listener. Hi Jane, I'm Maria. I'm listening to you from a small town in the South Island of New Zealand called Oamaru. We have cold, dry winters and warm, dry summers, although today it is pouring with rain and it is quite chilly for February. Before this, I lived up in Auckland where the climate is far more suited for raising houseplants. It's very humid. Uh, it's far warmer all year round so this last 12 months has been a real learning curve on how I can help my houseplants thrive in a completely different climate. They've definitely slowed down a bit but I haven't lost any so I'm, I'm quite pleased with how uh, we've progressed. Jane, I need to tell you that in New Zealand we do not have Pilea peperomioides. <laughs> I know. 
Our biosecurity rules are very tight. Apparently some people might have them, but they keep them very under wraps because if it is discovered that you have them, uh, you can be requested to destroy your plants or our Environmental Protection Agency will destroy them for you. So if anything ever comes up on any of our trading sites or anything, they're quickly pulled down and we admire them from afar. Question one. There's a fire and all your plants are about to burn. Which one do you grab as you escape? Oh, I think if we had a fire, I would have to try and rescue my fiddly fig. He has been with me for four or five years and I have put him through a lot. He has been sunburned multiple times, he has been overwatered, he has been underwatered. I've dragged him from one end of the country to the other and he still throws out new leaves and looks lush and it would definitely add to his uh, his legacy. Plus, uh, he has a very large cover pot, so hopefully while I'm dragging him through the flames, I can chuck another couple of smaller plants in there and and save them as well. Question two. What is your favourite episode of On the Ledge? I have two favourite episodes. uh, Episode 10 and episode 87. Uh, They were both about conservatories. Uh, When we were moving south, we found a lot of the houses down here had conservatories, which I didn't quite understand. And then when I realised that I could put my plants in them, they all got a little bit sunburnt. So having those two podcasts and the resources they recommend has been really helpful. I'm currently working my way through Ruth's book to try and get some inspiration for good plants because... Oh dear, my biggest problem is I have too much bright, direct light. Oh my gosh, I know, lots of sympathy. But yes, so I think maybe I'll be investing in some citrus or something to put under there to provide a bit of shade. But yeah, I've really enjoyed enjoyed those two episodes for a bit of inspiration and uh, how to make the conservatory a bit less fuddy-duddy and a bit more jungly and interesting. Question three, which Latin name do you say to impress people? <laughs> I don't know if I use Latin names to impress people. I feel like I use Latin names to avoid my own confusion. When I first started getting into houseplants and I was trying to find out more about Palaea peperomiores, of course, I just kept on seeing it being referred to as Chinese money plant. And I got confused because to me, Chinese money plant had always been Crassula ovata. Uh, so when I started to see this, I, yeah, it was very uncertain. Um, so yeah, I used the Latin names to avoid my own confusion rather than trying to impress people. But I guess I do like saying rapid for a tetrasperma. Uh, it just rolls off the tongue. But yes, it's a bit disappointing in New Zealand. It's, it's sold as philodendron minima, which isn't nearly as cool. But yes, let's let's go with that one. Question four. Crassulation, acid metabolism or gotation? Oh... Cam takes me back to being 15 years old and sitting in in a biology class with a teacher that I wasn't particularly fond of. So maybe I have to go with Gutation just because of that. And Gutation is so pretty. I remember the first time that I saw it and I I actually accused my partner of overwatering my plants um, because I couldn't figure out why else there would be water on the leaves. Um, he denied that completely and, and obviously subsequently refuses to, to water the houseplants. But yes, I would say I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Gutation. Question five. Would you rather spend £200 on a variegated monstera or £200 on 20 interesting cacti? Ooh, so £200 is about 400 New Zealand dollars which is a lot to spend on houseplants. You could definitely get 20 very interesting, very decent cacti uh, for that amount of money but if you can find variegated monstera for $400, you have to snap that up because that is a bargain. We recently had a very well-established variegated Monstera Deliciosa sell on one of our trading sites for $5,000 New Zealand dollars. So that's about £2,500. And that made the national news. So I don't know if that says more about its newsworthiness or the fact that sometimes there's a lot going on in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> but yes, I think... to spend on a plant, I would jump on that variegated Monstera bandwagon. 
Maria, lovely to meet you, and I am in shock that you don't have Pilea peperomioides. How do you get by? If you'd like to be featured on Meet the Listener, now is a great time to get in touch. Drop an email to ontheledgepodcast at gmail.com and my assistant Kelly will send you a message back explaining what you need to do. It's very simple, quick and easy. And right now, as I'm trying to put out extra content, is a great time to put yourself forward. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. I love all the different stories and accents that we're getting to hear. So... Let's be having you as quick as you can. Come forward for Meet the Listener. And now it's time to get back to our chat about the book Plant Tribe with Igor and Judith. Now, we've already briefly mentioned the coronavirus, COVID-19, which is obviously gripping the world as we record right now. I'm wondering how that's going to impact those of us who have plants. I think possibly for me, I'm looking ahead to potentially being isolated in my house with my husband and children and quite glad that I'm going to have my plants around me as a nice distraction possibly from any stresses and anxieties that that might bring. How do, How is that affecting you guys at the minute? I think similar, similar like you. We, we cannot travel. At the moment, we cannot travel, so we cannot go anywhere. So you're stuck at home. And if you're stuck at home, what do you do? I mean, there's, there's your family, your, 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 your pets are there. And your plants and plants as well, and especially now with springtime coming up, it's lots of different um, different stages of plant life coming up. I mean, lots of lots of plants are growing new leaves again after hibernation. So it's a it's quite an interesting time for for plant care at the moment because there's there's so much new life coming up in the in the next few weeks. So that's that's quite exciting. Um, to have that going on at home, at least you have something that you can do and uh, feel a little bit more um, of the of nature because we can we can go outside just to, to have a little walk, but not too much because especially in cities people are so limited at the moment. And um, it's nice to take care of something at home. And it's, I think we have to we have to refocus um, about things that are important at, at, at the moment in, in our lives. Um, do we really need to travel all the time? Do we really have to go to all these meetings everywhere? Uh, so many meetings can be done so much easier by email or by Skype call or by call. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting time and plants help us to keep it a little bit exciting at home. So. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. And I was very excited this morning to look at my rather sparse looking uh, purple shamrock oxalis triangularis and see those new shoots emerging. And that was just a little spike of excitement this morning that made me feel better after having a bit of a, a panic about the pandemic. I was thinking thinking ahead and my mind was racing and then I suddenly saw that this was sprouting and I thought oh things are happening uh, outside this panic that we're having uh, life goes on plants are still growing so yes. that's that's a great thing to have uh, to as a backup for all of us who are who are into plants one of the other things that I really loved in the book was some pictures that you had of what you call botanical thrones. Can you tell me about botanical <laughs> thrones? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about the concept. I think botanical thrones is also a term that that I think we we came up with. I don't know if we saw it before somewhere else, Judith, or not. But it's something that uh, was inspired by quite a few people uh, on Instagram that shared quite often um, a special seat in their home that was really like surrounded by plants and uh, or or it was under a green canopy and stuff like that. So for us, it looked like a throne that you created, a botanical throne where you actually have your special place to unwind, to sit down, to take your favorite book or a cup of tea, cup of coffee and have your time out there. And uh, we actually saw quite a few uh, botanical thrones during the production of the book. And this sparked the idea of uh, bringing this actually into the book as an idea how you can enjoy um, your botanical um, collection in a very special way by creating your uh, specific green corner just for you to unwind and to enjoy life in the presence of your plants, which we named Botanical Throne. Yeah, I think that, that you know, those are the key elements, a nice comfortable chair, 
a, a hot beverage of your choice <laughs> and a, a surrounding of beautiful plants. That's that's all you need, isn't it? I mean, and even if you can't have that as a permanent feature, I think it's something you could do uh, when you're doing a bit of plant maintenance. Just gather your plants exactly. around you just so you can enjoy, enjoy them all. Exactly. Yes. I would like to know if there are any house plants that you just don't like. There must be some <laughs> things that just make you go, oh, no, I don't, I can't cope with that. Anything you could admit to not liking in the world of houseplants? Mm, of course, I think, yeah, there are, of course there. I think it's also one of the things that we noticed when we visited all these, um, all these different families that are featured in Plant Tribe, um, that people have really different tastes also in plants, not only just in interior styles, but also in the choice of plants, there are people that are very much into aeroids or in, into begonia or into uh, cacti. And they have very specific tastes. And it's really interesting to see that not everyone likes all plants. And so it's the same for us. I mean, um, I think I really, really don't like uh, the, the very classic uh, orchids, phalaenopsis. Um, they're, 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 I just cannot handle the shape and the colors. And the, it's... it's it's too much for me. Um, and there are also plants that don't thrive in my home. So if I get one of these plants, um, especially plants that need a lot of, uh, a lot of water, that need very, uh, very humid environment, I like them, but they don't thrive in my home because it's very, very bright and quite sunny. So they don't thrive in my home and I'm always a little bit hesitant to get them because I know they won't be at their best in my home, so I don't get them. And I, well, it makes them less uh, attractive to me. So it's always, it's always, it's also influenced by my home, actually, the choice of plants. So, and, uh, but yeah, the, the, the classic orchids, no way. They, <laughs> so that's, that's even the second one. I used to really dislike uh, Dracaenas. Um, for years, I, couldn't handle them. I, I thought they were so very, so old school and so just uninteresting because in most plant shops, um, you saw these very classic dracaenas that have these very boring shapes that are very, uh, very straight. Um, and nowadays I'm, I'm starting to feel dracaenas a little bit more, especially when they have movement in their, in their stems. Um, and it can be very graphic and very, a little bit like palm trees, but a little bit wavy and, and quirky, quirky shapes. So I start to appreciate them more and more. So it's interesting, isn't it? How we can sort of change our views on plants over, over time. Yeah. Igor, is there anything that you find yourself unable to countenance in your home? Apart from plants that, that will also like suffer in my home because my home is uh, more on the, let's say, uh, shadier side. So I cannot have plants that really like a lot of sunlight, which doesn't mean that I don't like them. But there is, for example, plants that I don't particularly like are coleus, for example. Because, uh, I don't know, maybe I just saw too many of them in some grandmother's uh, homes and windowsills and stuff. And I also don't like this too bright colored uh, foliage and stuff. So um, I wouldn't be the person who buys a coleus for the home. So Are you slagging off one of my favorite plants here, Igor? <laughs> I'm just, okay, cool, interview ended, interviewer's over, I'm storming off, metaphorically. This might be, this is just like a personal case, it's... <laughs> I'm just, I'm just messing with you, you know, I mean, as I say, I know that lots of people have problems with that particular plant, the coleus or selenostemon, as I think we're supposed mm. to be calling yeah. them, uh, but yeah, it's fine, it's, it's okay, everyone's got different exactly. tastes, it'd be really boring if we all liked the same plant, wouldn't it, but... um. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm ju I just couldn't resist messing with you there. But um, yeah, I can, I can, as I say, I'm sure there's plants that you guys love that I would be, um, I mean, I find the, the ficus lyrata, right. I'm very, very, very bored by, I've never really been interested in that plant. I've never really seen the attraction of it. I know people go crazy for that yes. plant and you know, it really was a couple of years ago, the plant to have, but never going to be one of those in my house. That's for sure. So there you go. That's my plant prejudice being exposed <laughs> well and truly so where next for the urban jungle community as you said this has been going on for a few years now and there's no sign of this well supposed trend let's hope it's a, a, a long-term shift uh, coming to an end 
where next for you guys more books building your community bigger what 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 have you got in mind um first i think it's um it will be all about plant tripe it comes out in a week from now so we're uh, very excited to see how people react to the book um that's that's first that's our priority at the moment i mean it's um yeah that's that's the main priority <laughs> Well, I mean, and yes, indeed, promoting a book is no small thing. And um, yeah, I can imagine that's going to be uh, taking up quite a lot of your time. Uh, are the people who are featured in it, have they been delighted about the way it's come out? It's it, it's a very beautiful book to look through. So I'm sure I'm sure they, they are. are on their, they're still on their way. The books are on their way. So they're oh, still on. Okay. I'm lucky <laughs> yeah, then. You're one of, I've got one yes, early. You're one of oh, the first okay. people that received it. So um Oh, that's really nice. Well, I'm sure it'll get a really good reaction because it's a really lovely combination of practical and inspirational, which is which is a, a, a great combo uh, to have. And as I say, I just love the terracotta-ish covers. Just it looks so different from so many other houseplant books, which is a challenge because there have been so many other houseplant books uh, published in the last few years. If I can put you on the spot just to end and say. Are there any other houseplant books not written by yourselves that you have taken inspiration from over the years or any other books you'd recommend to somebody wanting to look out for inspiration in the houseplant world, obviously other than the wonderful plant tribe? Oh, wow, you're putting us really on the spot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the answer might be no. I mean, the answer really might be no, but... um. Just, just interested to know because I know I've got my own little Bibles, but they might be completely different from what what you like to look at, or or perhaps you know the reason why you wrote these books is because the book you wanted wasn't there. I think that's more it's more in the direction of what at least what I feel. Um, there's so many. Um, we, we wrote plants. Uh, we wrote urban jungle already a few years, quite a few years ago. And at the time, I think it was one of the first that really showed interiors as well, not focused so much on just plant care, but also how plants look in a home. And um, I think it's a little bit similar for Plant Tribe. Um, we created something that wasn't there. There's, as, as I think in the past three, four years, there were so many plant books come, came, that came out and um, that focused mostly on, on really plant care. And there's so many levels in plant care as well. Um, so many different techniques that you can use. People that are very technical and have very specific views on, on plant care. Um, so I think with Plant Tribe, I think we tried to create something that wasn't there and that we missed as well. Um, that's a little bit on the, on the, um, on the verge of, of, of self care and interiors and well, also plants, but it's a little bit of a mix. Um, something that's not yet on the market, we believe. And, um, Personally, different plant books that I love. Um, well, I, of, of course, I read them all because well, I'm curious. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I have a real, uh, like a Bible. Um, usually I'm inspired by also different topics than just plants. Um, there's some nice interior books that I, that I really, really enjoy. Um, so wow, to, to name one book that is my, my main Bible. I'm not sure if I have really one plan, other plant book. You, do you, Igor? Um, not a specific plant book. I think mm. that both of us, we, we also like the um, kind of like vintage plant books yes. from the 70s and 80s because it's so mm. fun to see old books, especially when you go thrifting and, and find them in stacks somewhere. And then you see how how plants um, were trending at, at another time and how they were perceived in a different way let's say most of those books are also more um, botanical and plant oriented but uh, you can also see some really nice retro uh, inspired interiors which is quite fun um, when it comes to more let's say contemporary books I would maybe say um, it's not a plant book per se it's more on um, lifestyle interior and plants um, and plant book is uh, the the new bohemians by Justina Blakeney because I really liked her way, she was like one of the first to to implement this sort of, uh, let's say, eclectic style at home that was always uh, uh, incorporating plants um, since um, the beginning, I think. And in her book, she she really beautifully captures this kind of lifestyle, and plants are part of it. And I really admire her style, how she also. Um, transfers her passion for plants into product design, into uh, decorating the home, um, and have 
having in mind plants and stuff like that. So this is something that I really like, and I'm quite happy that we're actually with our new book uh, sharing the same um, publisher and the same uh, editor who worked on our books because we had like a a nice benchmark to to set uh, when it comes to the book design and what we envision as content and stuff. So I would say The New Bohemians by Justina Blakeney is one of the books that really inspired. Uh, well, it's really good to speak to you guys. Um, I'm really delighted that we I've been able to get you on the show. And best of luck for the launch of Plant Tribe. It's a wonderful book, and I'm sure lots of readers are going to absolutely love getting their hands on a copy of this. Thank you very much. Is there anything else you wanted to add before before we go? Have I missed any vital information out? Oh, great question. Um, I'm, no, I'm not. Feel, feel free to say no. <laughs> I don't think so. It was lovely talking to you. So, Yeah, thank you. And um, uh, yeah, as I say, I'm really looking forward to spending some more time d- diving into uh, the book in more depth because uh, it really is a book that you can keep picking up and, and getting more out of every time you look. So thank you very much, guys. And we'll hope that Plant Tribe races to the top of the uh the publishing charts because it really deserves to. Thank you very uh, much, so Shane. Much. <laughs> Thank you. Plant Tribe Living Happily Ever After with Plants is published by Abrams and is out now. Check the show notes for details of how to get hold of this book and also for all of Igor and Judith's links, including their Instagram, which is at Urban Jungle Blog. And as always, you can check out some images from the book, which I'll be putting up on Instagram and also in the show notes. And now it's time for question of the week. This came up when I was talking to Patreon subscriber Jo, and she raised the issue which may be occurring to a few of us that if you've got a lot of time on your hands with your houseplants at the moment, there may be a temptation to overwater, overpreen, overprune, and possibly kill your plants with kindness. So what can we do about this? Well, I think there are lots of ways that you can interact with your plants that will make sure they will stay healthy and won't succumb to waterlogged roots or anything horrible like that. I think actually from Igor and Judith's interview, the idea of creating a botanical throne is a good one. There's absolutely no reason why you can't move your houseplants about a bit, set some stage effects for your own little home. Uh, You may want to create a little daily tableau of the plants that are looking their absolute best uh, for you to look at as you sit at your desk or at your kitchen table. Obviously, those plants need to go back to their ideal homes after a few days, but there's absolutely no harm to treating them as a bit of a prop occasionally so that you can fully enjoy them at their peak. I'd also encourage you to learn about more advanced plant propagation techniques, perhaps some ones that won't necessarily land you with loads of new plants. I'm thinking of things like air layering. We have discussed this on the show before, and I'll put a link in the show notes to more information on how to do it. But it's a fairly easy way of propagating new roots on things like Swiss cheese plants, Monstra Deliciosa and Dracaena marginata, where possibly they've become really leggy. You can then promote root growth along the stem and then chop off that top stem and create a new plant. It's quite a fiddly and fascinating process to go through and it might be something to look at while you're stuck at home. You can also spend hours cleaning plant leaves. It's a very mindful activity. All you need is a damp cloth. Sit down with your plants and carefully clean each leaf in turn, top and bottom, because of course there are breathing holes on the top and the bottom of the leaf. So Although most of the dust will gather on the top of the leaf, it's also worth giving the bottom of the leaf a clean as well. As I've said before, don't bother with milk or coconut oil or leaf shine. You just need water. If you can possibly use distilled water or rainwater, then you'll avoid any mineral marks on the leaves. But if tap water is what you've got to hand, well, tap water is what you've got to hand. Now could also be the time to build up a database of all your plants. I use an app called Sprouted to do that. And it's only available on iPhone, not Android, unfortunately. But it's a really simple app. It doesn't overcomplicate things or 
anything like that like some other apps do but it's very simple you can add a picture and a description of your plant and that way you can keep track of everything when it was repotted and if you like when it was last watered I, I just basically keep details of when my plants were repotted or propagated so get that database going perhaps you want to make it a beautiful journal rather than a spreadsheet it's completely up to you suit it to your style and just sit and observe your plants. There's so much detail to be looking at. If you've got a hand lens or a, a lens that you use for magnifying your camera phone lens, then you could use that to look in detail at leaves. And it's amazing what you will see. I was looking at my Oxalis triangularis leaves the other day, and I could get right down to cell level with the more powerful hand lens. And they just looked glorious and this purple glittering cells which is amazing so get your hand lens out see what you can see i admit you may find a few pests that come to light spider mites well we know how to get on top of those go back and listen to the spider mite episode for tips on that but it's just a great way of getting down to the detail of your plants if you've never tried drawing a plant before and i am absolutely no artist then maybe sit down with a pen and paper or a pencil and paper and have a go and see if you can sketch out a pattern from one of your leaves or capture a side of your plant that you haven't before. You may find you've got hidden talents. And finally, of course, on the ledge so along is a great way of filling your house with plants for very little money. And now is a great time to start. Most of the mail order seed companies, in fact, all the ones I know of are still sending out seeds Obviously, the postal service may start to be hit. So if you've got seeds already, get sowing. If you haven't got any, then do order some. And in the show notes again, I will link to the pages for the US and the UK that show where you can buy seeds. If sowing seeds teaches you anything, it is patience. So it's a great learning curve for us all to be on right now as we face down this difficult time. So that's my list, but I'd love to hear from you how you're coping with hashtag quarantine life. How are you spending your time? Is there, have you got any tips or tricks for taking care of your plants that I haven't mentioned? You, as ever, are the lifeblood of the show, so get in touch and let me know. Do also check out my Instagram, j.l.perone. I'm trying to put up daily Instagram videos of different plants just to keep your you amused. So do go and take a look at that if you have a second. Not only does it cheer me up to talk about my plants, it brings a smile to my face to see the penny dropping and lots of people working out how to take better care of their succulents and other plants. So it's a win-win. I will try to bring you a midweek bonus episode next week as well as episode 133 and in the meantime I hope you have a healthy and safe week. Bye. in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by the Joy Drops an instrument the boy called Happy Day Gakana by Samuel Corwin Chiefs by Jazar and Whistle by Benjamin Banger all tracks are licensed under Creative Commons see janeperone.com for details Thank you.